It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We welcome you to a new episode of Locked On, the Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Flying solo once again on this particular episode. David Harrison will be back shortly, spending some time with the family, and we hope everything is well. Until then, you're stuck with me. Uh, Just kidding. Hopefully, uh, that is a... A pleasant sound for your ears. But either way, we appreciate you and we welcome you aboard one and all. Uh, and we, of course, invite old and new listeners and would ask that you subscribe, download, rate, review, share, copy, promote, whatever you've got to do, whatever you can do to help us out. You can listen to me on the Team 980, the official Washington football team flagship station with Pete Medhurst Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 p.m. on Russell and Medhurst. That's 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Again, on the Team 980, the Washington football team flagship station, and as well worldwide on the Odyssey app. And also read me, WashingtonFootballOnSI.com. You can check out David on the Locked on Bucks podcast with James Yarko, and as well in print at BucksNation.com. You can follow David on Twitter at DHarrison82, me at Russellmania621, at Russellmania621, and the podcast at LockedWFTPod. Coming up on today's show, we're going to have the beginning of a longer series here, and that is former Washington football slash Washington Redskin quarterback John Beck. That's right. You haven't heard that name in a while, probably, right? Well, it's interesting because um, this is going to be a, a, a conversation built over many uh, different shows and, and episodes because, quite honestly, John and I talked on the record and on camera Uh, for over an hour so we're gonna have to chop it up obviously into a bunch of different shows we're gonna play the first two parts tonight uh and the part about his time here with the washington football team slash redskins it's gonna come up later on uh as well some of his work with four of the top prospects in this year's nfl draft most notably zach wilson justin fields from ohio state kyle trask and um, uh, K.J. Costello uh, are all coming up again later on this week. In this particular... uh, in, In this particular episode, you'll hear how John basically went about doing what he's doing now, which is working the mechanics and motion analysis with these quarterbacks uh, for a company called 3DQB. And again, if you want to go check out more of them, you can check out on the website train3dqb.com. That's train3dqb. 
Sports.com. So that is still to come, John Beck. Now, Sam Darnold was traded on Monday afternoon to the Carolina Panthers. First of all, this officially closes any obvious chance that there was. Not that there wasn't much of one for Sam Darnold to come to the Washington football team. Uh, I never thought that that was going to happen. Uh, certainly after Ryan Fitzpatrick, I wasn't even sure if it was going to happen before then. I thought it was certainly more of a possibility uh, because he is a former number three overall pick and not too long ago. I know my colleague J.P. Finley reported that Washington told him uh, they didn't want a reclamation project. I mean, I think that might be a little bit too strong, but clearly Sam Darnold has got some issues. There is no doubt about that. So the Carolina Panthers, who will host the Washington football team, pick up Sam Darnold, and they trade a sixth-round pick in this year's draft, a second and a fourth in next year's draft for Sam Darnold. That's great, right? Now they have to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater, who they're going to try and trade, but I don't know how anybody's going to take his salary. They have to figure out, okay, how are we going to do things with Sam Darnold? And this was part of the argument that I made on the last episode about Sam Darnold and why it made no sense for Washington to take him, right? Because he's going into the fourth year of his deal, the fourth year of his rookie deal. Now, he does have a fifth-year option available, but you'd have to guarantee well over $20 million before you even see him in a practice in your system, in your terminology, and fully guarantee it. It's no longer just guaranteed for injury like it was under the last CBA. You have to fully guarantee it, meaning injury, performance, you can't get out of it. So it made no sense to me, much like when we found out about Marcus Mariota's contract triggers, it made no sense to go after Marcus Mariota, right? And to have to potentially pay him 20 plus million dollars if he hit a bunch of incentives. Well, in a different sort of way, it made no sense to go really, in my opinion, after Sam Darnold, just from the standpoint of you couldn't get him on the field quick enough to determine what he was and what he is and how salvageable he is before you had to make that decision for not this year, but for next year, meaning 2022. Otherwise, he was a free agent after this year. Now, you could always sign him to an extension. You don't have to wait until the end of the year, a la Washington football style, to do everything. But we know how those things work, right? If Sam Darnold's having a great first half of the year, he might want to wait, and he might want to cash out. And that's a risk that he would have to take. But if you're the Carolina Panthers, you can't give him that fifth-year option, at least in my opinion, being that it's fully guaranteed. You can't do that. Same thing, obviously, if Washington had pulled the trigger on Sam Darnold. They couldn't, right? Because it just, just doesn't make sense. So that, to me, reduced his contract value, or his trade value, I should say. Because you're basically holding the bag for one year on Sam Darnold, hoping that he works out, hoping that you can then keep him under contract or use the franchise tag. We know how well that's gone for the quarterback position. <clears throat> uh, and then on top of that, you're giving up in this particular case, they didn't want to give up a third or second round pick. So they gave up the sixth round pick this year, which is nothing. And 
a second and a fourth next year, which is more than something, especially that second round pick. And what if Sam Darnold doesn't work out? What if Sam Darnold basically flames out this year and it wasn't Adam Gase? It wasn't New York. It was Sam Darnold. Now you still have to pay the piper next year if you're Carolina with a second and a fourth round pick. So I'm not sure I would have made that trade. As a matter of fact, I probably would not have made that trade if I was the Carolina Panthers, but I'm not the Carolina Panthers. So they make the deal. And he's, as we kind of knew, not coming to Washington. And that makes all the sense in the world. All right, so that is that story. There's really no other huge news for the Washington football team uh, as we continue to get ready for the draft. But coming up next, again, part one of a multi-multi-part conversation with former Washington football team quarterback John Beck, who was here in 2010, 2011, and a very early part of 2012. Uh, He is part of the crew at Train3DQB.com. And they, again, work with some of the very top of the draft class and a couple of veteran quarterbacks as well, as you'll hear us kind of discuss. Uh, They work on functional strength and training, mechanics and motion analysis, and the mental part of being a quarterback. Uh, It's a really, really, really cool uh, system. There's a CEO, Adam uh, Dideau. Uh, Tom House, who you may have heard, and and John will talk about Tom House uh, and what he has worked with him, and and John himself, who is a motion mechanics instructor, uh, USC. So there we go. Again, John Beck coming up next, part one of a multi-part conversation with the former Washington football quarterback. All right, I'm Chris Russell here for betonline.ag. You know betonline.ag has the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now that the college basketball season is over, you still have the NBA, you still have the NHL, and of course you have baseball. Yeah. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. At BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app, where you can also hear my radio show or wherever you get your podcast. Again, that's 
the Odyssey app, or wherever you get this podcast, the Locked On Washington football team. All right, here's part one with John Beck, motion mechanics instructor, former NFL quarterback, and of course played here for the better part of the 2010, 2011, and um, the early part of the 2012 calendar year uh, as the team drafted Robert Griffin III and Kirk Cousins. So here's part one on how John got involved. Make sure you listen for his experience with Tom House, a name that many of you will recognize. John, it's great to see you. Thanks for uh, doing this. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, making some time for us. So so I just kind of told it in a nutshell, since your playing days uh, here in Washington and elsewhere uh, came to an end. You you obviously stayed in the football business by getting involved in training some of these guys. Um, and, and specifically this year, you're working with Zach Wilson, who's likely to be the number two overall pick, Justin Fields, who could very well be number three. He might even be number two. Other guys, we'll get into all of it. Can you just tell me... Um, it, I mean, I guess how you got involved in it. I mean, once a quarterback, always a quarterback. Like, what spoke to you about doing individual training as opposed to trying to be a coach or or something along those lines? So at the end of my, like, playing time, I was doing a lot of training with Drew Brees. And uh, Drew pointed me in the direction of a guy that he utilized uh, as a throwing coach. So... After my Redskins days, I was training with this guy and uh, he started to have some more quarterbacks kind of seek out his help, uh, but he knew he was kind of coming to the end of being able to do day-to-day work. And he was also more on the baseball side, uh, but people were coming to him uh, for mechanical things. Well, so he just, he made a deal with me and he said, hey, I'll teach everything I know about throwing if you bring everything that you've learned over the years in football and let's kind of do this together. Uh, his, his name's Tom House, and he right. was a great mentor to me for a lot of years. Um, and then we partnered with Adam Dato, who was there at the same time with Tom, being mentored by Tom. So basically, Adam Dato and I uh, were kind of brought from the ground up in Tom's knowledge of throwing. And then me coming into the mix on the football side of things uh, is what kind of finished rounding all that out. And as guys continued to come over the years, and we started to get, you know, more relationships with agents as, as, as well as coaching staffs across the country. And the NFL just continued to kind of grow and grow. And a lot of word of mouth was spread through the players. And every offseason, we'd have new players come. And that, a lot of the guys from that 2010 and 11 staff at Washington, I was, I was with Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay. They went their places. I stayed in touch with them during all those times. And then their quarterbacks would come and train with us because they learned about what we were doing. And it's just, it's been an awesome opportunity to kind of really since like 2013, see this thing just continue to grow. And really it's a model that we've taken from tennis and golf where you have these professional players at the top uh, of their game, seeking out uh, training from coaches on an, from an individual standpoint. And so we kind of modeled ourselves after those sports and said, there's a huge value here for quarterbacks. And, what people didn't realize and what I learned in my time with Drew was that this is what Drew Brees and Tom Brady were doing. This is what was their competitive advantage for years. Um, and then as that continued to grow and people became aware of it, they wanted the same thing. And that was us, right? Uh, I had a lot of great opportunities to be there with Drew 
training days, Tom Brady would come down to USC and would train. And it was a great opportunity for me just barely stepping out of the NFL. And really I was, I was trying to get back in. And the reason why I was there for all those training days was to get back in. And if somebody would have told me then, Hey, this is what it's going to turn into down the road. I, I would have only been able to see part of that. We had an idea that we wanted to run with, and it's been really cool to see how that idea has blossomed into what is now 3d QB. And we've brought on more coaches. Uh, we have Taylor Kelly who played at Arizona state, went to the Cardinals for a little bit, got into the Arizona state coaching. We brought him on and really me, Adam and Taylor have been running this thing for the last geez, six years, the day to day now. And it's just a, uh, it's been great. And this NFL draft prep that we've done for the last handful of years, as well as really just every single year uh, has been an awesome experience. And this year is probably our best year in terms of a class is, you know, we have two guys that are potentially going to be in the top five picks and then two other guys, one of them, Kyle Trask at Florida will probably likely already, you know, be a first couple rounds guy and KJ Costello uh, from Mississippi state could be another guy that has a great opportunity as well. John Beck with us. Uh, and uh, again, that's really, I mean, really cool information. I, I wanted to ask you specifically about Tom House, because I remember as a big baseball fan, John, long before I got to know you and cover you, and I, I knew you were working with Drew, uh, and I knew you were doing something along this lines, but I didn't realize it was as sophisticated and as detailed uh, as you just explained, which is really cool. But I wanted to ask you about House specifically. You said you learned a lot from him, and he wanted to learn from you. What, what what about mechanics and, and, and I guess the little tricks of the trade maybe that you can share with our audience, a general football audience, uh, maybe that you try and impart on your guys that maybe you picked up from Tom? Because I think a lot of people know that name, but they don't realize what he was all about. Yeah, you know, it, it was funny for me because I still remember the day I was actually sitting at a car place getting my car worked on in Houston, Texas. I, I was playing for the Texans. Mm -hmm. And I walked across the street to a Barnes and Noble to kill some time while I was waiting on my truck. And there's Drew's book in the front. And I'm like, man, I've been with Drew for four years now training, but I've, I haven't peeked at his book. Let me just peek. And I happened to read the section about Tom House. And I remember thinking the baseball guy, like, I didn't know that Drew did this. And I called him from the Barnes and Noble and said, hey, I'm really curious about this. And I actually have memories as a child my dad was a big baseball fan and he would buy all these books on pitching and hitting and all of our books were these Tom house books. So I had this like flashback to my dad's, you know, sitting in his bathroom area, like on a stack, like in a notepad, all these Tom house notes. So it's wild for me that all of a sudden, you know, in January of 2013, I drive up to LA and I spend a week with Tom and, you know, some of it I knew because I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. Like I remember these things from baseball, but a lot of it has to do with, if you think from the ground all the way to the throwing arm, there's this connection of how the ground connects to us, how we connect to the ground, and then how that moves through our system all the way to our throwing hand. And in a nutshell, in like, you know, 20 seconds, what it is, is it's how all of that is connected so that we can move in football. It's a one pound object most efficiently. And all of our body parts, our spine, our head, our shoulders, our torso, our hips, our hand, our front side elbow, our feet, how all of these things connect to basically move that ball efficiently, effortlessly, and accurately. That's the synopsis of it. And then so for Tom, coming from an environment like pitching, right, like so much of that is in like a stable area, right? Like, like there's not a timing thing in terms of 
well, there's a defense out there moving and the ball has to get out now, or there's linemen that are moving and you have to move and adjust to get away from them. You stand on a mound. So really there was like these days of like just long, long discussions that he had all this time with Drew and with Tom and they would impart this knowledge and they would say, okay, I have to be able to do this. I have to be able to do that. And he would take his understanding and say, okay, well then here's what you need to do to be biomechanically efficient. Right. So how all of that then kind of came together, came, came together. And then the years of training more guys, like when guys would come, um, I mean, it would basically be Tom, Adam and myself, and let's say a Matt Ryan, and we're standing there for two hours, just working, going over everything. When, when Matt leaves, we're up in the office, we're watching all the videos, we're taking notes. I mean, for, for three months, I would just basically stand on the field with the notepad and I would just have all these drawings, all these notes, all these arrows, all these diagrams everywhere and all, all these things. And, you know, that was way back in 2013. And we would use these motion captures to, to analyze people's uh, biomechanics. And we would look at all these different, uh, you know, movements, timings, angles, positions, speeds, all this stuff. And it was, I mean, it's very, very detailed. But then you take all of that data and you put it into like this space where the athlete has to move fluidly within chaos because you have a line, you have a rush, you have all this. And that's the really cool part about how those worlds come together and then how you can get efficient quarterback play. Because the thing that's evolved from that time are these dropbacks and how that fits within a system. And then it's bringing a system into the timing of what the quarterback is trying to do. And let's say you have a quarterback that needs to do something. I, I need to, be able to drive this ball off the, off what we're being asked to do right now. I need more. Okay. So what can we do now from a biomechanics standpoint to give you more so that you can make those throws. And that's the cool part because then, okay, here's how we're going to tie that into the offense. And that may be like a long winded answer. Um, but that essentially is a lot of what makes us, us. There's a lot of people that talk biomechanics. There's a lot of people that do a lot of quarterback training, but we tie so many things together and we've been doing it with the best of the best in the NFL for quite a while now. All right. That is part one with John Beck. Make sure you come back for the remainder of our conversation today. We'll have still lots more to come here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast later on this week, including his breakdowns of some of the top prospects in the draft class that he's working with directly on their biomotion and mechanics, including Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Kyle Trask of Florida, and KJ Costello. Part two coming up today uh, on today's episode with former Washington quarterback John Beck. That's next. All right, it is Chris Russell here for rockauto.com. That's right, rockauto.com. We've been telling you about them for a long time now, right? But why don't we tell you again? Whether you have an old car, a new car, whether you have a foreign car, a domestic car, whether you need a major part, a minor part, whatever you need, you can get it at one place and only one place, rockauto.com. You don't even have to leave your place. You can sit on your couch. You can sit at your kitchen table. Heck, you can do it in the shower if you have that capability. I wouldn't suggest that, but you could. Uh, why go anywhere else? Why go to those big department store type overhead filled auto part superstores? Why? You don't need to support them. They should do something for you. You know what they do for you? They charge you more than they charge their buddy down the street, the local mechanic who buys in bulk, who buys in volume. They don't give you a discount. They don't do anything for you. So rockauto.com treats everybody the same. The mechanic 
down the street is not getting the discount that you're not getting. Everybody's getting great, reliably low prices and awesome selection. So when you go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck, do me a favor, write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? And they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, we wrap up today's conversation. Part two, if you will, of a multi-multi-part long, series-long conversation with former Washington football team quarterback, John Beck, who, of course, was here 2010 through early 2012. He joins us right here. Uh, And don't forget to, again, check out their website, what they do, train3dqb.com, especially if you have a quarterback in your life, you may want to point them in the right direction. They work with the very best. And again, getting Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Kyle Trask, KJ Costello, among others, ready for the NFL draft. Here's John Beck. How do you take a guy, you mentioned Matt Ryan, obviously, again, you worked with during your career, Drew Brees, you're, uh, I believe you're working with, you know, a veteran quarterback. I don't know if you want to say name, I'll leave that up to you uh, right now. But how do you take a guy that maybe has some, I guess, bad habits or maybe was taught one way to do something the bulk of his life, whether it be in college, whether it be early in the NFL, by one staff, by two staffs, and then kind of form them into what you're looking to do with them and your group. Like how how do you, I don't know if I'm asking that right, how hard is it to change somebody's bad habits or old habits and basically teach an old dog new tricks, I guess, for lack of a better term? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a great question, right? Because uh, I think a lot of people, and we even get this from quarterbacks, right? Sometimes they say, I thought about coming to you guys last year, mm-hmm. but I was a little bit unsure about what you were going to do with me because I know that maybe what I do is not like the norm, but it's what I've been doing. Right. But then as I watched my game, I realized there's some things I need to improve on. So I wanted to come out to you guys, right? Like we're not trying to make everybody the same. There's not like a cookie cutter, like well, if you want to be the best quarterback, this is what it has to look like. That's not at all the way we look at things. We look at things more in terms of almost like artwork. You are who you are. There are things that you do that are your signature, your art. Um, Now, what we're going to do is we're going to help those things be more efficient so that you're not losing. So I'll just use what we call arm path, right? A lot of guys have different strokes when it comes to arm path, the way that they throw, right? we very rarely get into adjusting somebody's arm path. A lot of the times, by the time they get to us, that's who they are, but there's the pieces around them Mm -hmm. that we can 
tweak, we can manipulate, we can get them to feel something different, right? We, we can challenge them a little bit to, to feel something. And if they can repeat that, then they're more efficient. So uh, like, again, we're, we're not asking all of these guys to do the same thing. Their, their body is like, like you said, been patterned over a long period of time to do something. Now, if it's way outside of kind of these parameters that we work within, we do have to make adjustments. We'll have to push them. But sometimes it's these minor adjustments that have these profound outcomes, right? Like, wow, a guy may feel like, wow, I'm getting way more on the ball or I'm throwing far more tighter spirals. The ball's moving less in the air. I'm far more accurate, right? I feel like I now have the ability to, in smaller space, do this. I mean, there's, there's countless things that can happen from it. A lot of it sometimes is just feel, right? Remember, the way that we function in sports has a lot to do with the feeling that we are able to repeat. So if we can give a guy a feeling that still feels good mm-hmm. and then get them to repeat that more and more and more, it's not about doing something exact. Well, you have to look like this. It's about getting them to feel that that is going to feel good and your outcome is actually more efficient. A lot of guys, when they feel that, they like the feeling of that. They want to roll with it, right? Uh, we use a golf phrase all the time, right? Why do we get hired? Why does a pro swing coach get hired by a golf guy at the top of his game mm-hmm. in the top 20 in the world? It's because if he can shave off a half a stroke to a stroke every 18 holes, that completely changes where he lands at the end of a three-day tournament. Sure. It's the same for quarterbacks. If we can impact you know, two to three throws a game, those throws may be the difference in going to the playoffs, winning a playoff game, or not, not even making the playoffs. When a, when a quarterback leaves you guys and, uh, you know, whatever you've done with that individual guy, how do you then you specifically go about charting and seeing, okay, what we worked on and what we taught him and what we hammered in on worked in an NFL seat? I mean, do you track it statistically? Do you just track it, you know, by watching the all 22, how do you go about kind of making sure that what you guys are teaching and working on then translates to, you know, when they're away from you? Yeah. Here's the hard thing about statistics, right? When you look at NFL statistics, they rely on everybody else, right? Our Mm -hmm. job impacts the quarterback, which then impacts the rest of the team. It would be really easy to say, well, if you did your job good, this player should have a higher completion percentage. Okay. Does that happen? Sometimes it does but we can't use the completion percentage as the, the barometer alone, right? We have to say accuracy is on the quarterback. Completions are on the team. So there may be a quarterback whose completion percentage goes down, but he may have actually improved accuracy. But from, from a, a statistical standpoint, the two, meaning the quarterback and his people around him, have to go together to make that. So we don't necessarily track stats. It's nice to get that feedback if all of a sudden a guy – train with us for a year and all of a sudden, Hey man, I bumped up in my accuracy. That's great. That that deserves a pat on the back and it feels good. But we judge a lot of it also of what we see on tape, right? Or what we get when we see them. For example, we get a guy in the spring, he trains with us for a handful of weeks. Then he goes to OTAs. We get to have this great dialogue and feedback throughout his OTAs. Right. And then he brings back all that tape with him from the OTAs. And then we sit down in June and July and we go over it and then we work more. And then when he goes into training camp, we want his personal feedback. Like, what what does it feel like coming off your hand? What does it feel like on your body, right? Like, how about after this long stretch of practices, how do you feel? Like, that's our most important feedback because that guy knows himself well enough. Most athletes at their, you know, when they they hit those peak levels and they're a professional, they know if they've improved, they can feel it. The difficult things about professional sports is that doesn't always translate to wins, 
to, you know, production in terms of scoring more points or higher completion percentage, but the player knows himself well enough to know if he's improved. John Beck is with us. Uh, Great to catch up with him doing so many cool things as he's just uh, kind of describing. So you mentioned you're working with Zach Wilson before we get to Justin Fields. Uh, I I wanted to ask you about him. He's a guy, you know, again, many expect him to be the number two overall pick out of BYU, uh, had a monster year, can just absolutely rip it. Where, but then there's, uh, of course, like with every young quarterback, there's questions about like what he can do to improve. Where do you think Zach can kind of improve so that he can take his wonderful gifts, but also have it translate again to, to not just be raw and talented, but to be good and efficient on the NFL level? Well, I think one of the reasons why Zach garnered so much attention this year outside of the wow plays was because he was so efficient. He's pretty polished for a collegiate quarterback. The things that he's been working on, he's quite frankly been training like a pro for a number of years in terms of getting himself to that level of efficiency. The way I see it is when you're given an opportunity to, to, to complete a pass to an open receiver, you nail it. Right. When when the defense gives you an opportunity on the backside of three by one and that corner's soft and you get to throw a 10 yard out, you nail it every single time. Right. Your eyes are in the right spot. Your body's in a good position and you're delivering accurate passes. I think one of the reasons why Zach was so efficient was because he got to that level in college football. And that usually is where those guys, you know, their senior year, they're they're so efficient because they they get to that level. Now they're playing the game. Now they're manipulating people when they have an opportunity. They nail it. Zach's there. What needs to happen now is that as he goes to become a professional, there is a jump in the game, right? There's a jump in the defenses. There's going to be a jump in his understanding that he has to adapt to. There's going to be things with his eyes and vision because of the way the game is going to happen, right? There's, there's veteran players. I tell this to guys all the time. When you play college football, the longest a guy can ever be there is five years. Mm-hmm. So those are, that's the most veteran of a guy that you're playing with, right? And in terms of starts, Maybe you're playing against guys your senior year that like if they play the entire time, they are, have 30 something starts. That's two seasons in the NFL. Right, right. So when you go play against guys that have been that league to six to 12 years, that is a completely different level of experience. The game that they're playing out there, you have to play against those guys. And from a quarterback standpoint, that's where anybody, when they enter the league, they have to grow. They need those reps. You need those games to play against those guys. So for me, I see Zach entering the league with a level of efficiency that's going to show well when an opportunity is there, right? The thing that he's going to have to adapt to, the speed of the game, his understanding of the NFL game, and then within his offense, what can they and can't they do, right? Any quarterback that's put in a position of having to drop back every single third down and win through the air, especially when you're behind the sticks and you're having to play six to eight to 12, like that's a tough, that's just just tough on anybody. Um, I think that, you know, I, I want to see him land somewhere where they have a solid run game. The defense helps him out. He's not always having to play from behind. The field position battles working in his favor. He's getting some short fields. Not always, you know, hey, the defense comes up great. We kept him out of field goal range. Now they're pinning us inside the 10-yard line all the time because the other team's got a good punter. It's hard to go 90 yards all the time when you're a young quarterback. All right, and that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. My thanks to John Beck. Again, more of that conversation coming out throughout the week. David Harrison will be back shortly. I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And thanks for being with us as always. Thanks to our sponsors, Built Bar, as well, rockauto.com, and betonline.ag. And thanks to you for listening and downloading. 
This is the Washington Football Team Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.